Hey gang, welcome to Geeking Out, the podcast for collectors. I'm your host, Jeff French. I go by ETH Frenchie on Twitter. I'm the creator of the BPX Collective. And every week, we're going to bring you in-depth discussions with the industry's top experts, covering everything from sports cards to comics to TCGs and beyond. So sit back, relax, and join us as we geek out. And let's take your collection to the next level. Let's get started. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Geeking Out. I've got today with me, I've got a special guest. He is Cooper French, who is my son. And right now, for those that are following everything going on in the world of BPX Collective, you know that we're quite busy as we're getting ready to launch the BPX token, the auction. We just released the Bantams. Home Team Heroes is out. Not out, but we're in the pre-sale right now. So just a ton of stuff. And just to be completely candid, I haven't had a ton of time to do the podcast. I think it'll settle down once BPX is out and I'll be able to get back in a rhythm. But another thing I haven't been able to do is I haven't been able to really pay as much attention to spring training and baseball, my absolute favorite sport, as I would like to. And so I just got back uh, from a trip today. Cooper was over at my house. I said, hey, let's talk about baseball a little bit. So I'm going to rely on Cooper to kind of bring me up to speed on baseball. If some of you have heard him talking in some of our card pulls and that sort of thing, he's what I would simply classify as an uber nerd when it comes to baseball stuff. So just wanted to uh, pull him in and we'll talk about baseball. And then what we'll also do is I said, let's pick 10 of the home team heroes, most of the ones that we've already at least shown or I've said that they'll be in the in the set. And then maybe we'll talk through them and specifically what we might be able to look forward to kind of for their season. So, uh, and then of course, all this will dovetail over into collecting as well, because teams that get a better profile as far as their their own, how, how the teams are doing in contention, that'll also spill over a lot of times into collectability of the players themselves. Talk about maybe some of the young upstarts that'll be coming on some of these teams and what that might mean for their their card propositions and that sort of thing. So Coop, you ready to jump into some stuff? Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you for letting me, you know, get on the podcast. Yeah, man. All right. So let's start kind of at the top. Like who's, if, if you were going to make a power ranking right now. Yeah. I know the Braves are at the top of it. I mean, <laughs> if we're being objective, it's between, I've seen Astros, Braves, Padres, Mets. I mean, those are like kind of like the top dog teams. What's crazy is how little I've heard the Dodgers at number one because I mean they're just they put out a good team every single year. They know what they're doing there. I feel like they're they got to be one of the top. I mean, best teams in baseball again. Well, also didn't hear you say the Yankees. I I don't know if the Yankees have the pitching staff to compete with some of these big teams that like they just have these loaded lineups and pitching staffs. I mean, it's hard to compete with a team like you know the Mets who have a top like five lineup and a top five rotation. I mean, it's hard to get through teams like that when your staff isn't on that level. Yeah, so let's we'll try not to homer this up. And one of the things I will say, it's no secret that I'm a huge Braves fan all my life. It's my baseball's my number one sport and the Braves are my number one team. And so but I I was I did it homer up home team heroes. There's only one Brave in home team heroes. Trust me there were others that I wanted to put in, but I Force call you out on it. Well, I didn't do. I wasn't going to really do it. I just kind of had when we put the working list together. Yes, there were a few more than one. But uh, once we realized that we weren't going to have enough to get every team in, I was like, well, I definitely can't do two. So, um, but let's talk about the brace for a minute. So the big thing, obviously, last year left a hole in my heart. I, I, I am a huge, huge fan of one particular person in our organization. That one person is. 
Alex Anthropolis. <laughs> yeah, so I, I believe in our general manager. He got me a World Series, and I just he he has my absolute trust in the decisions that he makes. But it left a hole in my heart to watch Dansby leave. So tell me what we've what has been what what are we looking at here coming into spring? I know we got Orlando RC that's going to start. What are we seeing with Shoemaker and, and Grissom? Like, what's what's the what's the future like, of shortstop for the Braves look like? I feel like they want. I mean, they gotta hope that one of them develops into that guy. But right now, I mean, Grissom came up last year, and yes, his numbers were good on paper. But when you look deeper into like his exit velocities, his barrel rates, stuff like that, his chase rates, he honestly got very very lucky. His BABIP last year was absolutely through the roof. He had a lot of like weak hits, and you know, like as sample size gets larger. That doesn't translate as well. So I feel like that was kind of expected. I wasn't completely sold on Von Grissom last year. Shoemaker, though, he's I think he's really stepped it up this spring training, and he's shown that he can compete with Grissom, and I think he might be the guy in the future, but I still think he is a couple more, maybe half a year, a year still to develop until he's that level. So Shoemaker obviously profiles a whole lot better defensively than what Grissom does. 100%. And, you know, you look at kind of what we've had historically. The Braves have just played really good defense. And I know Grissom worked with Wash in the offseason and was trying. I know I think they spent like two weeks like together before spring training. They were all in on him being the shortstop this year. It just didn't just didn't, didn't, didn't pan out. I mean, he didn't really do well in the spring. I mean, that's what the spring's for. Uh, there are some guys, though, that like absolutely balled out this spring, though, like Matt Olson. I mean, Matt Olson came on in the scene. He's been destroying baseballs. He's a man on a mission right now. I saw where, like, the only players that have, like, remotely similar stat lines to him in spring training have all won MVP. The last one to do, like, remotely what he did was Ryan Howard when he won MVP in, like, 2004. Really? Yeah, so, I mean, like, he's on a historic pace right now in spring training. So, hopefully it'll translate into the regular season. We can get the same results, but he seems like he's a man on a mission. So, I, I haven't seen – I literally didn't see a single spring training game. Um, I didn't know that Matt Olson was having that level of spring. It's been ridiculous, yeah. It's been so, he's been slugging – slugging it's it's home runs it's everything I mean, we could probably take a look at it right here he's, he's at eight home runs in spring training eight eight he's batting 426 1500 ops well i would have thought that the 47 shift, abs i thought that i, w- I did think the banning of the shift was going to help him tremendously but that doesn't help you, you. Can't, you can't shift a home yeah, run you can't shift when you're hitting in the stands right? exactly so yeah. that's that's not shift type stuff there and then the 430 batting average i mean he's hitting the ball hard I mean, he's having an insane spring. Huh. Will it translate? That's the question. You mentioned BABIP earlier, and a lot of people yep. that aren't really baseball nerds may not know exactly what BABIP is and why it's important. You want to uh, yeah, so for a second? It's short for batting average on balls in play, which basically means every time you make contact, hit the ball in play, what is your batting average? So you're basically taking out strikeouts from the equation. And what it does is it shows remotely a lot of if your BABIP's really, really high – it means you're generally getting pretty lucky, especially if it's excelling like you're expecting batting average too because there's like expected BABIPs with StatCast nowadays that you can find like Baseball Savant and all that. And if your BABIPs higher than your expected batting average, that generally means you're being fairly, fairly lucky. Well, it can also be the other way though, where your BABIP can be really, really low. A guy that had a really low BABIP last year was Corey Seager. Corey Seager had a very, very low BABIP, underperformed a lot. So that means that he should... Was very he should be have a really good year. You can so and way below expected batting average. Yeah, which expected batting average takes into account your exit velocities, launch angles, and all that good stuff. So it's Chase we have rate. a lot of a lot of great uh, stats in baseball, and obviously front offices use those left and right. But all right, so for the Braves, let's one one more thing. Like, so how are we looking our pitchers? I know I know Kyle's hurt. 
Kyle's hurt. Soroka's back now, but I don't know if he's ready day one. That's going to be a big—I mean, if Soroka, for those that aren't Braves fans that don't know, he blew his Achilles twice, and when it happened— Terrible for him. We had this young—I mean, he, he was just one of these young, phenomenal-looking pitchers, but we've seen guys like that before where it doesn't hold, and he was in that area where we were going to see make or break really what we had. Is he a frontline Cy Young winner type guy, or what was he going to be? And then, boom, he blows his Achilles. In 2019, he was like that. He was our number one pitcher. That sure. And then 2020 was the shortened season, but he was performing extremely well. Right. It's still he was short, looking like that it's guy. It's still a short body of work, though. It is still a short body of work. Yeah, yeah. so it, we as Braves fans are super excited to see what we're going to get back with Soroka. And I can actually speak firsthand, not to being an elite athlete, but I can speak to how bad an Achilles tear is because I blew mine. And it is a terrible, terrible sports, orthopedic injury. Sports like basketball can end your career. Yeah, it's, you can just lose your explosiveness. And and for him to have done it twice and to have to push off that leg. And he's so young still, too. He gets so young, too. And the weird thing about an Achilles injury is that you never, ever forget about it. Like, it is, it's, it's one of those things that when it happens to you, I've had other really bad orthopedic injuries. I've popped my shoulder out. I've had a full elbow dislocation, uh, tore my labrum. I mean, I've had some stuff. The Achilles injury, you never, ever forget about it. Anytime you go to make a quick explosive move, your first mind goes to that Achilles injury. So mentally pushing through it and that sort of thing is going to be a big thing for him. Um, so it'll be real interesting to see see how he is. Let's Another way, another, just so we're on the Braves, another guy that I'm really excited for this season is um, what we're going to get out, Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider, I mean, he if he does... What he did last year, he's going to win the Cy Young. I mean, what he did last year was it's such a small body of work was ridiculous. He was just striking out people left and right, highest K per nine in the league. Um, but he, he did it with two pitches. He was fastball slider last year. Now, I don't know if he's did it. Did he, did he take the time this offseason to develop an effective third pitch? I think, I think he had to, and I'll tell you why I think he had to, or at least there's a really strong belief that he will, is because my MVP backed him. Because yeah, he got paid. He's, he got paid. he's the only pitcher that's gotten paid. He's that, the that. only pitcher that Anthropolis has done this long-term young guy extension with, is Strider. And so, again, my faith is so strong in Alex Anthropolis. I think that he must see the pieces there, and, and I, I, I like that a lot. It's a great bet. All right, let's talk, before we move into some of your other ones, let's talk about the team you left off. Let's talk about the Yankees, because the Yankees are, for better or for worse, Yankees are the, that, they're the face of baseball from a global brand franchise standpoint. Everyone wants to know how the Yankees are going to be in home team heroes. Gavler is front and center, yeah. and it's, it's because of who he is. He's he's the face of baseball. We can debate that he's – I'm not saying he's the best player in the game. I'm saying he's the face of the game. And uh, let's talk about the Yankees. So what do, what do we know I, – I have one particular thing that I'm kind of the most interested to see how it plays out for the Yankees. Let's see if it's the same thing you have. We did not plan any of this ahead of time. What are you, what are you interested in with the Yankees this year? Uh, I mean, it's got to be their starting pitching staff. How are they going to hold up this year? I mean, Garrett Cole has been – they signed him to this big deal, and Garrett Cole is another guy where I feel like he's been quite unlucky in his time in New York. His expected numbers are much, much better than the numbers he's actually been getting in New York. And um, a lot of the Yankees fans are mad. Like, we're paying this guy so much money, and he just keeps underperforming. And it's like, well, he's not really underperforming. He's still striking out a ton of dudes. He's just getting a little unlucky. Right. So will Garrett Cole be able to turn around this year in New York, have a Cy Young level season, and then you got to get the rest of the pitching staff? I mean, they got to have that rotation's got to tighten up if they want to have a chance this year. Yeah. So you're probably right about the thing that has that's going to dictate the Yankees' year because the lineup is obviously top notch, and it you're probably right. It is it is that starting pitching core 
But the thing that I'm really interested in is I was really interested in, and surprised to hear that Volpe made the opening oh, roster. Yeah. Oh, Volpe, yeah. Well, I've heard that he's also that they they might move him to second base because they got um they got another pro, shortstop prospect who's supposed to be very like the defense is his tool and he's on the team already. So he's they're saying they might move Volpe to second and put that kid at short. You don't know what that kid's name is? It's Os- It's either Oswaldo Cabrera or Oswaldo Peraza. It's one or the other. They're both right. named, but there's two Oswaldos. All right. It's one, I, one of them. Well, I won't penalize you for that not being something in your Uber nerd uh, toolkit. But um, but Volpe is one that I, you know, I know that he's, from a Bowman Chrome perspective, if he could get up there and mash. Oh, yeah. His stuff's going to go bananas. Yeah. So from a from a short term, you know, those those prospects, it's 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 the D-Gen side of, of baseball card collecting. Well, but if you ask me, he's, not, I think, the most exciting guy that's going to, that's making his debut this year is going to be the Jordan Walker for the Cardinals. He was another guy like Volpe going into spring training. He didn't know if he was going to be on the opening day roster. And he absolutely raked this spring training. I mean, he was one of the best hitters in spring training. Have you seen Jordan Walker? Have you seen any videos of him? Clips? I, I, I told you I haven't seen any spring training. Okay, so Jordan Walker is an outfielder who's about 6'5", probably like 230, power-hitting outfielder, fast, hose of an arm. Mm-hmm. Just tooled out the wazoo. He's 21 years old. He's young, and he made the opening day roster this year for the Carlson. He's just absolutely mashed his way through the minors. Yeah, so their their path to the playoffs is easy just because of the division they're in right now. So have to feel like you can go ahead and pencil. The Rays, but the Rays are still, I mean, the, the, that Rays team, they always put out a good team on the field. Every year they put out a good team. The Rays. The Rays? Yeah, the Rays. Are you not talking about the Yankees? I'm talking about the Cardinals. You said Jordan Walker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were still on the Yankees. No, you went, to, okay. you went to the Cardinals. So I'm saying that the Cardinals have a path that's yeah, still clear to the, to, to, to the playoffs this year. So NL Central is probably the weakest division in, in, in baseball. Yeah, so um, while we're on them, because you kind of went in that direction, I mean, the big thing obviously with them is they their their field captain he's gone. Well, they got their they got their corner studs though. I mean, they've got two of the they got probably the best at the best third baseman and first baseman in baseball. Yeah, and really- they also have an exciting shortstop prospect coming up. His name's Mason Wynn. I don't know if you've heard about Mason Wynn. So Mason Wynn's a defensive first shortstop. He is an eighty arm tool. Wow, they've got him at a hundred across the diamond in game. 100. The Cardinals are always going to be good. I mean, it's a great baseball city. I get to spend some time there, um, have various business dealings that have gotten me to St. Louis many times. So I've been in that ballpark, been around that fan base. They obviously went and poached the Cubs for a new field general, so they got Contreras in there. And so I don't, you know, he's he's obviously top notch. And yes. then, you know, so they're, they're, just, they're just one of those kind of, you know, top level historic teams in, in baseball. But they're, they're overall... I would say that they're they don't they don't smell like a big time World Series contender for me or anything like that. I mean playoffs, sure, but what are they going to have when they get there? That'll be the big question. I, I don't know if they've got the the firepower to compete for the the World Series. I mean, I feel like there's, I feel like if you stick them in the NL East, they're probably the fourth place team in the NL East. I feel like the the Phillies, Marl or Phillies, Mets, and Braves all finish ahead of them, which I mean, it just kind of shows like how competitive the NL East is versus the NL Central. Yeah, I mean the Phillies, from what I've the what little bit I've heard, obviously coming off the run they had last year, but the Phillies aren't getting a lot of love, right? Not well. Are are they expected to be materially better than they were in the regular season? Across, they got hot at the right time. They're also another team I think that the banning of the shifts going to hurt them because a lot of their defensive metrics and stuff. This is another thing that applies to the Dodgers too, is um they would put guys where they thought the ball was going to go. So instead of getting the best defenders possible, they'd put defenders in the best position 
to make the play. Like we think the ball's going to be in this area. So they were better with analytics than other people. Yeah, and like they like they took Nick Nick Castellanos and they figured out Nick Castellanos sucks at going back into his um left, but he's really good at going to the right and into his right. So they purposely shifted him up into the left of wherever they thought the ball was going to go. Surely every team did that. Yeah, but Nick Castellanos is a notorious, like, absolutely no, terrible. To yeah, play. he is. So, so I mean, it could be you're, somebody's better. Everything you do, somebody's better than other people, yes. and people get there first. And so yes. there will I'm, – I'm sure you're right in that there will be some teams that the tide's going to come out on the new rule changes, and they'll get exposed because – on the infield. Because they were really good at the sabermetrics and all that side of the game, and they won't be – they don't have the best true defensive players. It's the same. It's the same thing with the Dodgers because the Dodgers, if you look at all their pitchers' expected ERAs and all that, they they outperform them every single year. It's every year those guys outperform their expected stats. Their pitchers. So basically, having people in the right spot to catch a hard hit ball. Yeah, and they got good defenders. So you add on top of that that they have good defenders, and you're putting them in good positions to make plays. It really helps out your pitchers a lot. I mean, that's something that you just don't really realize unless you're, like, really, really, like, looking looking at it, like, tough. All right, we're kind of bouncing all over the place, but let's go back to some of the other teams that you kind of mentioned. You mentioned the Padres, you mentioned the Mets, you mentioned the Astros. Anything jump out at you on those teams and what, what, what people should, should look for? The Astros. I mean, the Astros are scary. I mean, that that's the best team in the American League, and I don't really think it's close. I think that my Cy Young prediction for the ALs, I think that Christian Javier is going to take a jump this year and he's going to be a Cy Young well, candidate. Yeah, he was he was he was tough sledding last year. <laughs> so his fastball metrics aren't like ridiculously insane. Like his spin rate isn't ridiculous. It's not super fast, but what he does is he throws from a really funky arm slot. He almost throws it like directly on like per- or perpendicular to the ground. And so it comes from a, a weird arm slot that those guys just you never see it. And when you never see something, and then it comes at you in 94, 95, it's, it's going to be hard to hit. Right? Yeah, here's one interesting tidbit um, that, again, if you're not an Uber baseball fan, you might not know this, and why things like spin rate and arm angles and stuff can can really make a big difference in how someone performs. The human brain is, and, and for these elite players that are in the big leagues, they essentially see the future. Like, you don't, you're not able to react to a, a baseball being thrown 100 miles an hour to truly see it and hit it based on what simply what you see. It's like your brain and your hands and, and your muscles literally can't move that fast. But what happens is that with training and tons and tons of it, your body, your eyes, they learn to see the future. They learn to see based on how the ball is spinning and where it is out of the pitcher's hand, they're able to see the future and know where it will be to where to put the barrel of the bat to swing. And that's why... Most of your elite players, they have really good vision, either corrected vision to a really high level above what a normal person walks around with, or they're just naturally gifted with that. And then that ability for your brain to process that, that's what gives people great timing. And you, you can attest to that. Like yeah. one of the things w- that we would see, I mean, you had a first round draft pick on your high school team. You have a, a D1 center fielder on your high school team. What was the big thing that separated those guys from from you or and, and other well, people? I mean, if a first physically, they're physically better than me, of course, but especially the Will Taylor, who was supposed to be a first-round draft pick, played high school ball with him. That dude was never off timing. That's he right. Was, his foot was there every time. He was never late. He was never, dude was just on time. That's the gift. That's off. the big gift that they have. It's yeah. the big thing you and can't it, coach. So we're like, we're since we're from South Carolina, we're, we're from Columbia, 
Homer, South Carolina fans. Um, one of my good friends that I played with in high school plays there. But they got a freshman on the team, Ethan Petrie. He's probably the best freshman in college. You're talking about the South Carolina Gamecocks. For the- yeah, he's he's probably the best. I've gone to some of the games, and the thing I realized is that dude is never late. I've never seen him late on a fastball. Right, and you could try to coach it. You could tell a kid, get your foot down early and all these things. But at the end of the day, you can either you either have that timing gift or you don't. And it's and such so, a game changer. Right, and so, so going back to what we were saying and what Cooper was saying about Javier as a pitcher, because the game happens at that speed, these guys that are elite, they're seeing the future, they're on time, they're able to hit, and it's just because they're better at that their, their mind puts those pieces together. When you then have a pitcher that his spin rate is different, he's on another level, now you're, you're, you're not trained to hit his spin rate because the ball stays up. It, 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 it stays his, elevated. fastball shape. Like, let's say he's got a weird shape to it. Right, you know, something that you're not that used shape. to. So your brain just doesn't process that. Your brain is telling you the ball is going to be in this spot and really, it's in a different spot. Also, why sliders and you can work too, right? That's why they're breaking balls. Sure, same reason. But but guys can learn to process that on and and the more so the more average you are, the more you get hit. The more elite you are, the higher your spin rates are. The more you can change your arm slot. It's all about deception for a pitcher. Yep. And so that's what you're saying is that's yep. why Javier. Well, this is geeking out, so that's what we're trying to do. I'm trying to geek you out, geek geek people out. That's to... why yeah, the, he mean he, that's why he's my pick to win the AL Cy Young Award this year. Right, and I, I'm kind of hot, man. I called Corbin Burns, I called Sandy Alcantara. I mean, I mean, I've been I've been pretty good, good on my side. Yeah, some good picks. But like we we look and see, like, and the game has changed so much. I remember back in my era, if you could throw 85 miles an hour, you were so far above everybody else in a high school game, you were just going to strike every, you were going to strike out most everybody in the lineup. Now, 85, right-handed, if you're in big high schools, that that's a stock righty. You might not even pitch for your high school team. Right. That's, that's, you might not even be good that's, enough. You're, that's a stock righty. And yeah. so the, the game has just elevated to that next level. So for these pitchers to really then find a level of elite, they have to do something different. And you can change arm slots. You can you can have that extra spin rate. Have an extra pitch. That's just good. Have an extra really good pitch. Um, like, guys that can throw a changeup sooner than other guys are going to excel. Look at the – again, we we'll go back to the college game, talking about the South Carolina Gamecocks. You've got guys that are that are out of that bullpen that throw really good changeups, and they're ahead. They're ahead of college batters, hitters, because they don't see that yet. I mean, South Carolina is a kid in their bullpen. I mean, he literally comes in, and he throws 95% changeups. Just every time, changeup, changeup. Yeah. So, anyway, so there's a little geeking out for you on the pitcher side. Um, having trouble staying on focus here about some of the teams. Um, I don't know how far into this thing we are. I don't have a – I should have a 22 minutes into it. Making a mess. All right, here we go. Um all right, well, let's talk about the Mets. Obviously, I I Got respect that big money. I respect all baseball teams, but these these is our big in in division rival right now. But um, I know we have a lot of people in our ecosystem that are Mets fans, and I certainly have a lot of respect for the Mets franchise. But on the field, we're definitely at odds. But let's talk about the Mets a little bit. What have, what have the Mets done? What have, have they? I know so they spent money. They've spent an absurd amount of money. It's not just like they've spent money. So in baseball, the way it works is. You get your team, how much you pay your team, your payroll. And if you're above a certain number, you get, it's called a luxury tax. We have to pay the leagues a certain amount of money. And there's different tiers. So if you're a $10 million above the line, it's this much money. If it's this much, it's this much money. And there are your tiers with other teams. And the top tier generally is like Yankees, Dodgers, Mets. Well, the Mets spent so much money this offseason. They had to create a whole new tier 
just for the Mets because their payroll is ridiculously that ridiculously high. Yep. I mean, their owner is a multi-billionaire. I mean, it's just yeah. No, Cohen is it, it's just he's yeah. just he's got fu money, and the way that he's decided to say fu is with what he's willing to spend on the Mets, and it's just money is no object for them. They let Degrom obviously did. I think Degrom wanted out of there. Degrom didn't want to stay for whatever reason. I, I don't know exactly why. I actually I have, have an opinion. opinion. I have an opinion. What's your opinion? I think I just what I've noticed: Mets pitchers get hurt a lot. It's not just DeGrom. It's been all of them. They just always are hurt. I think their medical staff or training staff, especially with just pitchers, they just don't keep them in the best shape. And I think DeGrom is just, was just well, how fed up. How can you have that. that much money as Cohen and not recognize that? If Because you're right. Now that you I, say it anecdotally, it, it's, just, it's just hard to think that they could have less insight into keeping a, a, a yeah, big, expensive yeah, pitcher healthy. I don't know. I, that's just my assumption. I think Degrom was just fed up. He's like, I should be winning Cy Youngs. I should be honestly winning MVPs, and I'm stuck here on the injury reserve every year. So he's like, All right, I'm out. I'm gonna go to Texas. They're paying me a lot of money. Yeah, we'll see. How I mean, he's a. I'm, I'm glad that we don't have to face him as much. Get him, I gotta out, face, get him out of vision. Justin Berlin. I'd rather face Verlander. I'd rather face Verlander. Verlander too. Degrom and Ber- because sooner or later, Father Time's gonna catch up with Verlander. Seeming like it's impossible right now. So he seems to get better every year. I mean, he's just he's a big strapping guy, super strong. I mean, he pitches to his strengths. He's uh he's been very durable, but sooner or later, Father Time's undefeated. And when it comes, it'll probably come really fast. Like that happens to a lot of people. Yeah, he'll just cart out there, he'll have a couple of bad outings, and the next thing you know, Father Time is caught I mean, him. It's the same it's the same thing with um with Max Scherzer though. Max Scherzer's due for Father Time too. I'm pretty sure Max Scherzer's either thirty eight or thirty nine right now. I mean, he's right up there with Verlander in age. Yeah, a lot of these things we see people are able to kind of go longer with this, with all these modern day regiments and things that they're able to do. All right, another there are some pitchers that have that I feel like they haven't been able to go as long. A guy that I feel like his career has really been like kind of like not as long as it should be is Clayton Kershaw. Well, you ready for a crazy stat? I don't know if you know this or not. Clayton Kershaw is the same age as Jacob Degrom. No way. Yes, they are the same age. Jacob, because Jacob DeGrom went to college and spent a couple years. In, I don't think DeGrom made his debut until he was 27, 26. Kershaw made his debut at like 21. Uh, yeah, I definitely did not know. They are the same age. So why isn't DeGrom's dominating? Why isn't Kershaw dominating anymore? Well, yeah, dude, I, didn't realize DeGrom was, I didn't realize DeGrom was that old. Yeah, he's like 34, 35. 35 is what it says yeah. on Kershaw. So if DeGrom is the same age, I'm, I'm fact checking you here. I'm not going to lie. I, that's, that is a. That feels is, like Kershaw's been in the league forever, right? It, it does. And DeGrom has not. 34 and DeGrom. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's 34 and 35. That's crazy. I, yeah, I definitely did not realize so that. So DeGrom's older than Kershaw. No, no, Kershaw's a year old. Or he's, Kershaw's already listed at 35. I mean, okay. they could be born in the same year. I didn't go that deep. But, all right, so I do want to hit on the home team heroes, and we're almost 30 minutes into this. We could we could talk about baseball forever. But, um, so we kind of talked about the – the, the the Braves and the the Braves and the Yankees are kind of the two that I've seen and what little bit of news I've been able to watch. Those are the two that are kind of at the top of the power rankings. And then you Padres. you you named a few other teams. The Padres certainly respect. I mean, the, have you the seen Mets, their lineup? Astros? Just, I mean, they're yes, they have a very good lineup. But well, go ahead, tell tell, tell me about the Padres. Why I mean, why do you they've think- got they've got they signed Xander Bogarts this offseason, who he's always raked in Boston. His, de- his defense, he had his best defensive year last year, actually. He actually picked up his defense last year, so if that carries over, he's very, very scary because he's always raked. The only knock on him has always been his defense. Yeah. Got Xander Bogart's Manny Machado still, sure. top 10 player. 
the big question mark, Fernando Tatis Jr., what's he going to be? Like, is he still the 160 OPS plus guy he was? I, th- I mean, I think he will be. I, th- I think I mean, the, he's so I think, young. The, I think he did the drugs to try to get back faster. It was super stupid, super stupid. Yeah. Um, but my gut says. I feel like he's just a young it was. Kid. It wasn't a Barry Bonds thing. It was a, oh, this is going to help me get heal quicker. And then, bam, he gets popped. Next thing yeah. you know, he, now he's got that label on him regardless. But yeah. he's still a hell of a, he's still going to be a hell of a baseball player. And then the the, the guy that's the craziest part, I'm going to tell you. Tell you Tati's, right, is he back opening day or he has more suspension? I believe he's back opening day. Do not quote me on that. Don't quote me on that one. Go ahead and keep talking. But then, I'll look it up. There's a guy on the Padres. You ready for, you want me to tell you something? I just want you to think about this for a second. Last year, the Padres had a guy who was 23 years old. His on-base percentage was over 400, and he hit 27 bombs, and that was considered a down year. Yeah, I mean, I know. 23 years old. Yeah, I mean, he's a dude. I mean, for those that don't know, uh, talking about Juan Soto, I mean, he's, he's I mean, he's younger than a bunch of people that are considered young, blossoming stars like Adley Rutschman. He's got 20 games left. 20 games left on suspension? That's, Tatis is a bad dude, man. That is a, what he did before his injury and stuff, and suspensions, I mean. Yeah, well, then, like, so... I guess have best have they, baseball. He sucked in the field, right? But he he did it with the bat, right? So when you can hit to that level at that position, it, it, yeah, it elevates just, you. Yeah. But he's going to be an outfielder now, right? Yeah, the moon in the outfield. Will that help him? Will he be able to translate? That's the question. No, their lineup is loaded. Pitching, like what? what yeah, Musgrove, um, Darvish. Um, I can't remember the other ones off the top of my head, but they got some dudes in that that um, rotation. Musgrove's a really good pitcher. He gets he's very underrated. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get a little bit more specific. I mean, there's we, we can come back again and talk about some of these more mid tier teams that are they're going to be kind of fighting for their spots. I mean, the, the Angels. Do the Angels have a shot? They're just in the same division as the, the Astros. It's just tough to beat the Astros. I mean, Jeremy Pena, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker. They're all under the age of 26. The wild card out there is going to be tough too. Yeah, because the yeah. I mean, Maybe I just don't think they have this. This I mean, Shohei and and Trout. I just gotta think they have the bats. Got to get them in the playoffs. That's two bats. No, I'm talking about playoffs. I just want to see those guys in the playoffs. I mean, watching them in the World Baseball Classic, I was more tuned in probably than I even would have because I was just again I was I had so much stuff going on, but I I made time to watch those games because I was like this might be the only time I get to see Trout play baseball where it matters a little bit, right? Um, I mean, I love Mike Trout, but Angels is just. They're just, I mean, they're just been poorly ran, poorly ran team so far. That's all you can say about it. Yeah. And you got, you got, you have, when you, yeah, you just, that's just all you can say about it. Yeah. They gave him that big bag and now they campaigned and they paid Pujols big money. They paid Rendon big money. What happened to Anthony Rendon? That dude's falling off the face of the earth. So maybe we'll come back and we'll talk about some of these other kind of guys that are going to be fighting out. The Guardians, which, you know, nah, Guardians win that division. Jimmy's a, a big Guardian fan, guilty spark on our team. And you got the Mariners, J Rod. Um, I mean, the Brewers have still got a good, Solid team. They got the rotation. Their rotation's really good. The Corbin Burns. All right. Well, let's back up and let's talk about some of the heroes. So let's talk. Let's. We. I said let's pull ten of them. We got. We're thirty minutes in here. So let's let's talk through. Let's talk about the ones that we've kind of already. I think we'll add a few that that I haven't previously said. So for those that don't know, we're releasing a product, Home Team Heroes, and the way Home Team, what Home Team Heroes are, is they are superheroes that are inspired by your favorite players, and. They're, they're, you get to collect digital trading cards of these players. And then the short version here is that when your player balls out on the field, you earn crypto rewards. And then you take those crypto rewards in the form of our BPX reward token. Token is frequent flyer miles for collectors, essentially what it is. And you can take that token and flip around and buy real physical cards with it, memorabilia. If you want to move over and buy some coins or comics or TCGs, get out of sports, you can. Um, we have a DFS site, Daily Fantasy Sports. Have you 
Have you actually? I've been, I've been working on it. I've been. Have you excited? used it yet? Yeah, I've used it. Okay, so because I have not seen it yet. So how is the DFS platform? Because for those that don't know, we paid a outside vendor to build us a daily fantasy sports site that you can use with the BPX token. So again, you you own Home Team Heroes. You if you hold Aaron Judge Color Pop Insert, which is the thing that will earn you crypto rewards. Judge hits some home runs. You're you're knocking back your crypto rewards. You can come over and spend it in the auction, or you can use it on the daily fantasy uh-huh. sites uh, that we've we've had built. So this is this is completely unscripted here. We're yeah. just chatting because I have not touched it yet. You have. Yeah, we, uh, we we did the uh, Monday. We got the demo. So we we got the website. Of our full version of the site. of the site that they gave that the, the developers gave us. Okay. So we got the we got the site Friday. We were a little like lost on it. So we said, hey, can we sit down and just go over the whole thing Monday with the developer? Yeah, and this was on the admin side for us, though. The user interface, I think, was we knew understood that one perfectly, but the admin interface, so they came in, they told us everything about how to create the events. So the way it works is we had to create events, and it costs a certain amount of money, and this is the prize pool. We can do percentage of the pots. We can do a straight just number. Right, or we can, yeah, we can yeah. put in a set pot. And so we did, we went over it, and... But on the user side, the user side was... It was nice and smooth. I tried, I checked it out. We made some mock ones. Worked perfectly fine. So basically, is it... FanDuel, DraftKings, yep, if you can so. run that, you can run ours. Yep. That's good to hear. There's just a bunch of players. You pick your positions for your amount of money. Because <laughs> yeah, so like I said, I, I, we, we, I knew that that would be a great use of the token. We just did not have the time for our team to do it, so we found a good outsourced vendor that had a good reputation, and I'm really excited to, to do some stuff with that platform. But um, but anyway, back to the, uh, the Home Team Heroes. That's one of the uses that you can take that crypto that you're going to earn. You can go around and you can... You, flip around and start and play some DFS with it. Or like I said, you could buy real physical cars. We're going to have a lot of stuff we'll be able to talk about soon, what some of the cards are that are going to come out of the, the first auction. Uh, we have a lot of card people that listen. Do you remember off Dome some of the stuff that you guys had in the or what's, the alpha? What's, what's coming up in the alpha auction? Uh, we got our Jordan Auto, a uh, Judge Bowman Chrome Refractor PSA 10. Those do not pop up often. I'm no, those are, those are. Hard my, I might win that card myself personally. I'm pretty excited for that. That card's sick. And then uh, we have a we have another we have another big card. I just not remember. All right. Well, I won't put you on the spot anymore. Like none of this is scripted. We did. We literally did not prepare for this. So you're getting us geeking out kind of the way we would. Um, so let's jump into the home team heroes and what people can expect uh, or not expect, but what we what how you think that some of these players might do. So let's start with Judge Gaveler. Uh, so again, hero inspired by Aaron Judge. His name is Gaveler, yep. and if you hold his color pop insert that comes out of the home team heroes, when Judge balls out, you'll earn crypto. Uh, what kind of year do you see for Judge? You think he can back it up as far as what he what he did? I mean, it's 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 kind I of think it's, unfair it's to tale, expect. It's a tale of same story for Judge every single year, and it's going to probably be the same story for the rest of his career. Can he stay healthy? That was the question for all those years. What would happen if Judge could play the full season? What would happen? It happened. We saw it, and it's ridiculous. I mean, I personally, this is going to, I don't know how many of you, I don't know what your opinion is on this take. This is one of my personal takes right now. The top three players in baseball right now, I think, are undisputed. Judge, Trout, Otani. I agree with that 100%. I think you have to put Otani one solely because he's two players in one. He's two top 50 players in one. That's just unfair. That's ridiculous. Number two is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is better than Mike Trout. And my reason for this is we always, the, the question was always, what would Judge do if he was healthy? We saw what Judge could do if he was healthy. We've seen what Trout can do when he's healthy. The best Trout years are still worse. His best year ever is worse than what Judge did last year. 
That's how good of a season uh, Judge. Perspective. Yeah, war, offensive numbers. Defensively, Judge is insane in the field. He's better than Trout. A lot of people, because you see Trout robbing at the wall and stuff, but he played so deep. Played so deep, yeah. And, and his, his defensive numbers are not as not, his, not as good. His peak defensive year, he didn't even win MVP in his best his best year, Mike Trout, because that was the year Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown. So it took it away from Trout, but... That was his best statistical season, and Judge's season last year was better than that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm look. I love Aaron Judge and Mike Trout, and I'm and and I love Shohei too. Shohei's an incredibly, but Shohei's is like um, I, I don't even know how to say it. But as a collector, I mean, I get it because I I have to price in when I look at Shohei. I just have, risk. Yeah, just an astronomical injury. What's risk. crazy is he's done it two seasons now in a row where he's proven he's been able to do it. Right. Well, it's only two years though. Like I, I, I mean, it's like when you look back at the price his collectibles are. He. I still feel like he's cheap personally. If he if, if he could do this for ten years, a hundred percent, I will look back and say, why did I not buy every show? Be the greatest player mm-hmm. ever. If he, if he could do it for ten years, he would yeah. be. He probably he probably would be the greatest ever. Um. But again, you just have to, and, and that's the reason why when he gets time for a contract, he's not going to get paid as top fifty player twice, right? It's, it's like technically a big contract, but yeah. they're going to risk adjust that as well. Well, when you think about it, like how much some of these players get, I think Shohei Otani's a sixty million dollar per year player because he's a thirty million dollar pitcher and he's a thirty million. Right, he's not going to get that. He's not going to get that, but that's what he should be worth in theory. Right, but then you probably during the injury risk, and they call you like forty five because it's going to be a big number, but. So it'll break records on the per year basis. Whatever. Yeah. So so basically, we're on we're on the same page that those three guys, all three of them, it's really just about them being healthy and staying on the field. They're going to put their numbers up, and they're there. All three of them are in home team heroes. All three of them are in home team heroes. Trout War God, which yeah. you know that name is a is a is a nod to his just the way that he put up so much WAR wins above replacement stats so fast, and then uh, Shohei. Some other people have called him Showtime, and they they spell it without without the W. Our inspired hero. It's the full S H O W time. Um, and again, these aren't the players. We're not saying that this is the player that's the hero. It's a it's a an everyday fan that ate a nuclear hot dog and had to take on a superhero persona, and here he is. But if you haven't seen that art, you need to go check it out. It really is top notch, and it's going to be a lot of fun having this kind of fantasy meets superhero meets collectible. Tomorrow's opening day, and tomorrow's opening day, and and all the stats will be ret- you know we we're in the pre-sale right now, uh, when it rolls out in early May, all the stats will be retroactive back to the first. So if you know that you want to get Gaveler or you want to get War God or you want to get Shohei, um, you you can you can start cheering for them right away because all the stats will be retroactive. So who else who else we got? That we're going to talk about there. So those three stay healthy. Their numbers are going to be there. Who else we got? Uh, I mean. I think another. This is a guy that came up at the same time as Mike Trout. When you think it was kind of crazy, these two came up at the same time because they were both generational little talents. Bryce Harper. Yeah, and you know, I, I will say that I was absolutely in the camp of people that did not like Bryce Harper all that much. I was coaching your teams and all the young guys, and all the kids loved him. And so I, I did. I would. I, I remember giving one of the team. I, I gave you guys some little uh, retail rookie cards out oh, of yeah. Target pack, and everybody was really excited to get those. Evan Stone still has his. Does he? Um. And, but, but, but Harper has, he's, he's grown on me as he's matured, you know, he's matured a lot. He used to be a prick and him, him growing up and like watching him actually grow up personality wise. I mean, it's honestly been really nice to watch. And it, I mean, it's kind of like the same story as like Chipper Jones almost. Yeah, Chipper was not, the, he was, he was a little bristly when he first came up for sure. And, and then he matured. Yeah. So now he's, I feel like Harper, it's hard to hate Harper. At this so point. what kind of year Harper? I mean, he's they, in that lineup. I mean, he's out. He's, he's hurt. hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. hurt. He's hurt for a little bit. Yeah. I forgot exactly how long, but he's out for a good bit of time. So there will be a floor in the uh, in the home team heroes 
So I, what I don't want is I don't want a situation where Gavler, who's kind of our face of the franchise, comes out and has, heaven forbid, has some terrible injury, and then there's no crypto earnings for having him. So there'll be some there'll be a floor in there. We'll announce all that as it gets closer to time. So you you don't have to freak out that your that your rewards are go to zero if your player gets hurt, but it'll definitely impact the rewards in a material way as it should. It's part of the game mechanic, but but they won't go to they won't go to zero on their stats. So. Um, who else we got? Who else were some other ones we want to talk about here? Um, I mean, we can talk about one of my favorite players in Mitchell personally, Jazz Chisholm for the Marlins. Yeah, we have somebody in our community that's probably right there with you. For those that don't know, in the BPX Collective, Ben Jample is a he he is the super collector of Jazz Chisholm. Has been on him since years ago, since he was in I guess single A. He was, sure was when he got signed out of the Bahamas. Yeah, grabbing all of his Bowman Chromados. He was a guy that recognized that talent early on, recognized the pizzazz that he has, and He's such a just a likable guy. He really is. I met him briefly and just a super nice, chill guy. Watch him on interviews. He's super charismatic. People love him. The only person that doesn't really love him is his own manager, it seems. Yeah, he doesn't like the flashiness, but that's that's just maddingly. It's just like that's just yeah, whatever. Um He's on the cover of the show this year. I mean yeah, fun player to watch and he's moving to the outfield. Moving to the outfield. He said it's basically said, put me in center field coach. He said, We don't have a center fielder. I got it. Put me out there, I want to go good luck. Um and uh, his his name? Do you want to? Do you, do you want to? I don't think I've actually said what his superhero name is. I don't think. Yeah, why don't you say it? That's a verse. All right. His name is Rockstar. So he's uh, you know Jazz Chisholm, but the inspired superhero is Rockstar. Yep. That'll be a cool hero. And then we've done a lot of like top end players that are home team heroes real quick, like top of the names. Um, let's do some like I feel like these are two like smaller name players that not have like a lot of people would be like, oh my god, I know exactly what that is if you ask like casual baseball fans. We've got. Charlie Blackman and Tim Anderson. Yeah, so Charlie Blackman, I will admit, one we needed a we needed a player from the from the Rockies that was a good, a good, a good player, yeah, and yeah. Uh, but Charlie Blackman just he fits so well with Blackbeard because he has that big beard and that's his superhero name, and the art his really is awesome. The art really did come together. I think Blackbeard will be a popular. Uh, just because the art's so cool, it will. He, I think the art's awesome. It's probably the best one in the art department. I don't know if I mean it, they're all great. I, they're all I, they're all great, but that one is it's really dope, and it just it fits somebody inspired by Charlie Blackman to be a superhero. You take on Blackbeard, I think him got a sword. He's got yeah, it's just it's just really cool. And then and then Tim Anderson, talk about a guy that is just tooled up off the chart. Is is Tim Anderson? He's got all the tools you want. Play shortstop too. He's he's also that's another guy that's really flashy. He gets in a lot of a lot of trouble because yeah. of how flashy he is. Yeah, yeah but he's um. You know his speed is off the chart, and if you look, his at, hit tool is ridiculous. Dude yeah. barrels up base. He's a he's a great player, and and you know so representing the White Sox is is Tim Anderson, and I think he's uh, a team that could do some damage this year if they they put it together finally. They have the pieces; they just got to put it together, and they could be in contention. So again, to level set, none of, we're not saying none of these heroes are the player. We have a backstory. There was a shadowy figure that was handing out some nuclear hot dogs at spring training parks around the country. And or Florida and in Arizona, I guess, and those fans ended up having superpowers. And when they did, they had to take on a superhero persona, and they ended up modeling their superhero personas after their favorite players. And then we built a promotion where, when the real player that inspired them balls out, you earn crypto rewards, and we turned that into collectibles. And it blends comic art with real players on the field results, and it's it's just a it's been the presale has been bananas it is done we're, it's going to do more than double what i thought it would do um 
And so just a, a really exciting product from us. Who else did we have we were going to talk about on the hero side? Polar Bear. Polar Bear. Pete Alonzo. That's a... It's a big son of a gun right there. Yeah, that's a that's a he he is a, he is big and his his character you can see his character in some of the teaser art, the uh, the one that's inspired by Pete Alonzo. He's got these big bear arms and those arms turn into fire and and mm-hmm. ice and just really cool. And he's a guy. He's he Alonzo can hit fifty five sixty. That's the hits just he's one of those few players that can do it because to, to the guys that can hit a bunch of home runs. So like. He, you know, as big a season as Aaron Judge had, he was still so far short of Bonds' record, right? And and Judge is the scariest at bat since Bonds. Um, but Bonds was on Harper's Harper's pretty scary. Bonds is on another level. Obviously, the numbers show that he was on another level. But when you just you take into some understand plus, if you dig into some Bond stats, they will some of them don't even make sense. To yeah, they'll blow your mind. They'll blow your mind. But but he's got you know he started growing muscles on the side of his face from the steroids and when he was you know 40 years old and people just he, he's a, he's alienated people it just is what it is right i mean i personally i would much rather have the the 60 second ball from judge than i would the 75th from box that's my personal take i just it's just how i am it um 70 70 what 72 72 whatever um so you know just but still a long way off of that mark but when you the point I was going to make is when you step back and look, who are the guys that, if things really all fell together, who are the guys that could possibly do it? Judge, obviously. And then you start looking at that list. It's a very short list because one of the things is they need to be able to hit routine pop flies out of big league ballparks. And Alonzo's a guy that can do that. And when you start looking at the guys that have that level of a hit tool where they can, where their misses, their misses can go out of the ballpark, it starts to get to a pretty short list, and he's definitely on it. I mean, he's yeah. just got astronomical power. Rookie year, hit 50. I mean, just... If he and nukes at Florida, I mean, there, there's a... At South Carolina, there's a building in center field, and they said the only person they've ever seen hit balls off of is Pete Alonzo. Uh, I mean... He's a dude. Next and, level power. And he... Uh, I didn't think he would ever lose the home run derby. He, he did lose it last year. So they put that million-dollar prize on it, and I said, well, they can just go ahead and hand that to him every year because he looks like he's just built... I judge. I feel like Judge is just the balance. Judge won't. He's just not. I don't think Judge wants to risk getting hurt in it. Yeah. But yeah, Judge. I, but because I, I was planning that, because Judge had already got had good money, probably wouldn't risk it to be in it that much. Whereas Alonzo, you just feel like on that rookie deal. Yeah. Well, right. while, we're, while we're on the topic of guys that could do it if they all fit, everything falls together, and we're on the top of home run derby, we're going to do two dudes that are kind of like they they're set in the same vein a lot of times. Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna. Yeah, those are two that whom team here that have not been announced yet. Yep. So Ron Lacuna, he's the choice from the Braves. It was really tough for me. I'm a huge Austin Riley fan. I love Michael Harris coming up. Um, just our, I love, I love obviously Albies. I mean, I could definitely put a bunch of heroes up for the Braves, but Ron Lacuna is, yeah, again, he's the face of the Braves. He was a really above average player last year on one leg. That, that is ridiculous to me how how much hate he's getting for what he did on one. Leg. Yeah, I don't think he said it in like post game He's like, my leg is not good. Right. I, I, I don't think people quite, if you didn't watch the Braves a lot, you didn't understand that he was having legit trouble on that knee all season long. You could tell when he'd swing. He'd, like, fall over sometimes. Yeah, he just went, didn't look super balanced. He didn't have his full rotation. So, I mean, yeah. I still think that what we th- what, what what we thought he is, what he what he's shown he is, I think it's all still there. He just The 40-40 is still there. He, he just can do it. He just needs to be healthy. And then, and then Soto, I mean, best eye in baseball, just, I mean, otherworldly talent. Um, he has not done a deal. Like he did not take the early money. Acuna took took the early money. You know, he took a hundred million dollar deal. To the early money. And Soto said no to it. And then he got traded. 
and he's in a contract year. I mean, and they he's another guy who got hurt by the shift. He got hit into the shift a lot. That's going to help him. Yeah, it's when you and the the contract year, it is very real. It's very real. It's it's not as we Swanson. We see it so often. It's just it's just anything Aaron Judge. Anything you do in this world when you you when you really can lock in just a little bit. It's hard to bring your absolute best every single day. There are very few people that can truly, truly do it. And in baseball, nothing motivates these guys more to bring their absolute best in that contract year. And we see it so many times. Every year. You play a little bit more dinged up, so you're on the field more. Like you want, you're, you're working harder. You're working harder. Everything, it just comes together. And, and yeah. to think about Soto could be in a contract year is, is kind of scary. He, he's one of the few guys in baseball that could legitimately get to 700 home runs, I feel. Like. He's so started young. so early. Yeah, he started so young. I mean, he's only, tw- again, he's only 23. He hit 27 bombs last year with a 400 on base percentage. If you told me, hey, dude, yeah, no, the Braves, we got this 23-year-old. He hit 400 on base percentage, 27 bombs last year. I'm like, holy crap, that guy is insane. Instead, everyone's like, oh, my God, so it was done. He had such a down year last year. That's what's going to be every year now. I mean, when you're doing that as a down year, I mean, he's my pick for he's my pick for NL MVP. Pick a lot of people for MVP. So I mean, I think he's contract year. Combine that with who he is and what he is. Um, I'd love to see one of our Braves step up and take it from him. But if you make me pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick Soto to win NL MVP. Who you got in the AL? Shohei Otani. It's always gonna be Shohei Otani. He's on. I mean, he get he he. I judge had a historic year last year. I believe Shohei Otani should have won that award just because. Here's the thing is that people look at, like, his war and stuff, but his hitting war is compared to other designated hitters because in the hitting side, he's considered a DH. So an average designated hitter is going to be a better hitter than, like, an average pitcher, right? Like, way better. So when you're comparing him to DHs offensively, it's kind of unfair to his war statistic, is it not? Because he's doing it as a pitcher. I feel like Warge is just a stat that's not built for him. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, it's a stat that's not built for him. I, I, I don't disagree. He had an incredible year. I, you and I had that conversation. I said you got to give it to Judge. I mean, it's and and I, I, if I'd have had a vote, it would have been Judge. But I agree, it's hard to pick against Shohei. Um, it almost takes heaven forbid because we want to see our we want to see the best players on the field all the time. It it almost takes him getting hurt or something for somebody else to, or, or they just have to do what Aaron Judge did. And I think if Aaron Judge hits sixty two again, he I don't think he, would. he I don't think he wins it. I think he would give it to Shohei because he's already done that once. I think he needs to hit seventy to, to take it from him this year, right? So who so so that's your pick in the end. You got Judge or Shohei? Um, I I would say that. Um, I, I think I, you have. To, I think you're right. Is that you? You if you're if we're just picking it and there's no, like, we don't get anything extra for picking somebody that's a little, bit, a little better odds. Yeah, that's the words I was looking for. Um, I would pick Shohei, um, but if I wasn't gonna pick Shohei, I would take Michael Trout. So that's where my that's where I was gonna go. Trying, th- I'm deli- I'm thinking about that Astros team. I don't think they have an MVP on that team. I don't think, like, Kyle Tucker would be the only one that would have a shot at it. I don't think he's a big enough bat to compete with those guys, especially someone like Shohei. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably have to say, I mean, it's just, it's, it, it, it feels cliche to stay in those big guys, but they're, they're just, they're just, those three are just so much better than everyone else right now. They're the best three players, and they're all three in the AL, so you, you just kind of have to think that if they're all three healthy, those are going to be your top three vote-getters, and then which one does what they need to do to win it. So. And then on on the pitching side, my my AL signing already said is Christian Javier. Thank you guys, this is his year. He's already broken out in the World Series. This is the year he shows everyone he's dominant. Wins his first. And my Cy Young pick, 
it going into the year, I was thinking, I was like, this is going to be a hot pick. I thought it was going to be Kyle Wright. I thought Kyle Wright was going to, he broke out last year and then he was going to figure it out and become elite this year. He got hurt now. I had to bat, have to get off of Kyle Wright now as my NL pick. And I, I struggled with my NL pick for a while because I was like, I didn't really know who to pick. And I, it's going to make me sound like a homer, but I, it's got to be Spencer Strider. I mean, he's the guy that can do it. And I, it's just hard for me. Yeah. He's not a lot of big arms in the NL like there is in the AL. I mean, he's, um, I mean, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of guys over there on the AL side, especially now with DeGrom over. It's, um, you know, I, 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 I would say that he, DeGrom is my pick in the AL, by the way. If he stays healthy, he'll win it. Um, and then in the NL, it's, I, I agree with you. It's, you don't have kind of, it's, you don't, you don't have the, the big outstanding. You don't, you don't think, I mean, you got Corbin you Burns. You don't think Alcantara can back up his performance of last year? I mean, I think he can, but like, because Corbin Burns had a good year last year too, coming off of Cy Young. But again, it wasn't as good as Sandy Alcantara's. Um, I just feel like I don't know. I feel like those guys being a pitcher is hard to replicate a dominant season twice for pitchers. I feel like for it's, it's hard for hitters too because it's just baseball. Baseball is just a hard sport. I mean, who was the last back-to-back Cy Young winners? I mean, Degrom did it, extremely insanely good. I think Kershaw did it. Kershaw was Kershaw's probably one of the greatest pitchers ever. I mean, he's probably he's definitely top five pitcher ever in my opinion. Yeah, and so I mean, like, it's a hard thing to replicate winning back to back MVPs or Cy Youngs. But I mean, Corbin Burns could just do another Corbin Burns year, what he's done the past two years, and then everyone else just performs kind of like they are, and then Corbin Burns will win it. That's definitely possible. All right, well, I'll ride with you on Spencer Strider. I I lost a hoodie I lost a hoodie minor to you on your Creighton pick, so I'll uh I'll, yeah go Creighton. I'll uh, I'll I'll go ahead and ride with you on Spencer Strider. All right, we're getting up close to time here. Where we want to kind of wrap this up. I hope everybody enjoyed this. This was really impromptu. Like I said, I've been super busy. Um, haven't had a chance to really think through the content, so this one may suck, to be honest with you. But Cooper and I just threw this one together. But these are the kind of conversations that I've been having with this kid for a long time and uh, thought I'd bring you one because we, we do geek out a lot about various things as it relates to baseball. Really excited for opening day. Super excited about the home team heroes. Um, we'll try to make sure we leave a, a link for you in the show notes. Um, the pre-sale will probably be over by the time this posts, but then you'll be able to pick up on the real sale if you didn't get in here. Look for the real sale to open up in in May, and uh, we'll have some some marketing around that. You can always get in the BPX Collect di- Discord. Follow us on Twitter at BPX Collect, and uh, hop in that Discord, and you'll be able to follow all things BPX Collect. And if this Home Team Heroes product sounds like your cup of tea, superheroes modeled uh, meshed with collecting trading cards, meshed with fantasy sports, if that's something that sounds exciting to you. We would love to have you in. So with that, we'll wrap it up. Coop, thanks for jumping in here with me. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Talk to you later. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Geeking Out, the podcast for collectors. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all things related to collecting. Remember, new episodes are coming every week. So until next time, keep geeking out.